In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen and amen. 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 Well, good morning, church. Good morning, Gateway. Good morning to our friends online, on social media, wherever you're joining us from. Uh, what a great, great weekend we had last weekend. Amen. Man, we got out to my mother-in-law's house. I'm like, you know, while the ladies are taking care of meal, I'm going to find me a nice chair to relax in and lay before the Lord and take a great nap. And, uh, you know, last weekend was, was about worshiping our risen Lord, taking time and just worshiping. I'll tell you what, our worship service was great. Pastor Derek, I mean, that message was boom, right? It was unbelievable. It was, it was timely and it was needed, right? We got to spend time together. There were people talking because you know, we, we had one of our few services where you know, we, we, were, we were not social distancing and we were, got to hug and spend time and talk about family together, amen? If you notice, we've put, put in a couple extra rows of chairs, you know, so we can uh, max this place out, amen? We broke attendance record, records last weekend, amen, for God. I mean, it was, last weekend was amazing. Resurrection Sunday is amazing. But let me tell you something. Resurrection Sunday isn't where it ended. Amen? It's where it began. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple weeks, is going. What does God require us to do now that, and how do we do that, now that we know about the power of of the resurrection. You see, some people may think that Resurrection Sunday was like the landing pad, right? Okay, well, Jesus re was resurrected. That's all fine and dandy. The disciples, you know, they just, I, I like to ter use the term, they just chillaxed, right? They just, they didn't have anything to do because Jesus was resurrected, right? Heck no. That was the beginning. It was actually the launching pad. Read the book of Acts. It was the launching pad for the gospel. It was the time when Jesus said, go. And we've got to, no different than 2,000 years ago, it's what we are still required to do today. Not just in our church, but within our families, within our work, right? In our schools, when you're going grocery shopping, Kelly tries to tries to tries to go to the same aisle every time when she checks out, you know, because she's having a conversation with someone, right? I'm I'm trying to have more conversation with my with our neighbors. This is the time to go. Amen. So let's talk about that. When Jesus said to go in Matthew 28, he was launching the people of God into the service for the kingdom. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Not therefore, stay. Therefore, go. Amen? And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, 
even to the end of the age. You see, for three years, right, he's been teaching, he's been training, he's been preparing, he's been teaching them about parables, he's been healing, he's been sending them out two by two, he's been preparing them for the go. He was getting them ready to go. See, the resurrection wasn't the end. It was the time of beginning for the gospel to go forth with power. When it says, when the, when the, when the Pharisees said, listen, the whole world has gone after him, that only happens one way. People have to hear. When you see the traveling that they did throughout the book of Acts, I mean, they're just going from city to city to city. That's what he's called us to do. Right where you are. Some of you may be called to do missionary work. Some of you may be involved in revivals. I don't know. But unless we have the willingness to go, it doesn't matter. Amen? So this is the Great Commission. And the Great Commission is not a suggestion or a, when you feel like it, or when I have enough time, or I'll get to that later, or when the kids are out of the house, or I don't have enough time or talent or treasures to do it right now. God is commanding us to go. You may be asking, can I do this? Let me just tell you about the resurrection. Romans 8, 11. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The power of the resurrection, the power that caused the resurrection. I, mean, I don't know if you read the story. You got the Roman guards. They're hanging out, right? They're doing what they're doing, what they're doing, right? And the next thing you know, they're out. The stones rolled away. The resurrection happens. That's the power that lives in you. So I don't want to hear, I can't do it. I can't talk to my friends. I can't talk to my neighbors. I, I don't have strength. Correct. I'm glad you've come to that realization because it's not about you. Amen. It's about the power of God working through us. And so for the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. Now, we're not going to get down to defining them or having you do a spiritual gifts survey, which we can do that. There's a class that, that, I, that I teach on that. This is to give you some, some bones that later on you can study and put meat on. Amen? But we want to lay some good foundations because if you don't have a good foundation... That's when things go awry. Amen? So that's what we're going to be talking about. This, the Holy Spirit and the gifts. Why? Because it's the power of God living in you that can change lives. That can cause revivals. That can change your neighbor's lives. I mean, I pray that this week you have an encounter with one of your neighbors you've never talked to before and God shows up. Amen? God needs to show up in our work, in our schools, and in our conversations if we want revival. And that's what I heard. Amen? All right. So, 
You may be asking, do I have the ability to share my faith with others? Or even within my family even? I mean, I don't like to make anyone uncomfortable or offend anyone. But I want to say that the cross is offensive. It was offensive 2,000 years ago, and it still is offensive today. The cross causes people to think about subjects they don't want to think about. Now, I know you all had big family dinners last week, right? Get together. What are the two things you're never supposed to talk about at family functions? Anybody know? Somebody tell me. Politics and religion. What are the most important things that we should talk about at family get-togethers? Politics and religion. Right? I don't know who started that rule, but it's a lie. Let me tell you something. At family functions, we should be talking about those things. Now, I don't mean, you know, going crazy and fisticuffs and, you know, politics. Okay, let's leave politics out of it. Let's just stick to religion. Amen? And how about Jesus? Let's bring Jesus to our meals. Is that okay? I don't know who started that, but I don't like it. Whoever made the rule, they're probably not around anymore, so it's okay if we break it. It's a subject that we need to discuss. And when Jesus said to go, he meant it. That's a great place to go, right at a family meal. They know when we get together, I'm going to pray before we eat. And then we're going to talk about, hey, guess what happened in church? Guess what's going on with this, right? It's a great way to ease into it. Make it happen, amen? So let's talk about Peter and Paul and the offensiveness in the cross. Galatians chapter 5, Paul writes, And I, brethren, if I still preach uh, circumcision, why do I still suffer persecution? Because they're like, hey, he's not really preaching the gospel. He's, He's preaching circumcision. Well, okay, then why are you still bugging me? He said, then the offense of the cross has ceased. The cross is is offensive. It makes us think about things we don't want to think about. First Peter, here's what he writes. So the honor is for you who believe, but those who do not believe. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. This They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Listen, Whether they're offended or not, it's still the gospel. We have to go. Pastor Derek has said this many times. The rock of Christ, it can land on you and grind you to powder. It says it in the Bible. Or you can fall on it and be broken, and God will put you back together. Our families, our friends, our acquaintances need to hear about Christ. Amen? When he writes about the stone that was being rejected, the cross of Christ is an offense. The gospel that we share will cause offense. It doesn't mean that we should stop sharing it, but it should be with love. There's a way to make the gospel palatable. Do you know you're called to be salt and light? Just a little bit of light. My, my grandson came over and was playing, and he found my, one of my little flashlights. And I said, go in there, turn on the flashlight, see if it's dark. He shuts the door, and you can see the, 
little flashlight turn on, that whole room lit up, and it was dark in there. That's what you're called to do, to be that light in darkness and salt to make the gospel palatable. It's not like, bam, I remember as a kid, bam, 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 right? That's not what it's about. It's about loving others, bringing salt and light into the conversation. So what does this have to do with gifts? We can't do it on our own. We all have God-given gifts that we can use to share the gospel, minister to others, and serve others. These gifts are given by God and spoken about in the New Testament. Why gifts? I'm glad you asked. As we transition to Reach Church, right? We're all we're turning into we're going to Reach Church. We're going to reach up with love for God. Why? Because He alone is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in trouble. We reach in with love for one another, sharing the love that we've been given, and then we reach out to a world with the love of Christ. That love that we've been given can't be held in. It can't be put under a, a bushel barrel, as the Bible says. That lamp that's hidden, it has to be exploded out of us and shared with the world. Amen? God has given us something that is so amazing. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is living in you. Go share that power. I said this in the first service, and Don's wearing his Ford shirt. Uh, so it's, it's not turbo, and it's not supercharged. It's supernatural charge, amen? It's so much more than you guys can keep within yourself. It's something that we have to share with the world. Now, we need the gifts that God has given us to reach in and reach out. We cannot use our own power or our own strength, but with the power of God, listen, you may not think that you need those gifts, but here's what I want to share. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Is there a lot of stuff on the news today that is trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God? Does anyone watch the news? Smart move. I watch the news. Do you know when I turn it on? 10.13. Do you know why I turn it on at 10.13? That's when the weather starts. And I like to watch when they're wrong. So that's why I turn it on, so I can watch the weather and go, I can do whatever I want tomorrow. They said it's five feet of snow. It's not going to be, right? So we don't even like to watch the news anymore because we know the things that are going on are trying to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Here's what he says. Against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see, we are trying to fight a spiritual battle with carnal weapons, and it does not work. We're bringing the wrong weapon to the battle. When that happens, bad things happen. God says things like Raleigh said, dude. What are you doing? You brought the wrong weapon. Let me tell you what happens. Our weapons for our ministering 
to others is not based on carnal but spiritual. To try to share the gospel, minister to others, or serve others in the carnal, the outcome will be frustrating at best. We need God's gift in order to go as Jesus commanded us. I believe in too many circumstances, we bring the wrong weapons to the battle. Let me just share. Acts chapter 19. To show you the difference between spiritual and carnal to the battle. Here's what it says about Paul. And now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. So that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. Say spiritual. That's spiritual. You can't, you can't make that happen. Right? You can't, God's got to be involved if that stuff is going to happen. Amen? God has to be involved. Now, let's just finish out some of those verses and look at carnal. Then, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists. Okay, so itinerant means that they traveled. So these are Jewish exorcists that traveled from town to town doing exorcists. Now, if you're my age, I just thought it was a movie from the 70s, right? This actually happened and was happening. Old Testament, New Testament. It says, and they took it upon themselves, say carnal, to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, we exercise you by the Jesus who Paul preaches. They didn't even know Jesus. They just knew about some Jesus guy that Paul preaches, and they saw what Paul was doing with the power of God and thought, hey, this probably should work for me too, right? I mean, it makes sense. If Paul can do it, I can do it, right? All right, here's what else happened. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? Who do you think you are bringing these carnal things into a spiritual battle? Right? So let's see what happens when you try to do this in your own strength. Anybody ever try to minister in their own strength? I'm sure it came out swimmingly, right? Here's what happened here. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them. Seven guys, one guy. So that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Let me tell you something. When you try to minister in your own strength and you bring the wrong weapons to the battle, any Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, you bring the wrong weapon, <laughs> could you time out? I brought the wrong bullets, right? Not good. You're going to end up in a bad situation. They were trying to minister in their own strength, not in the gifts and the power of God. They, based on the scriptures, didn't even know Jesus. It was Jesus who Paul preached. So, what are the gifts? The gifts of the Holy Spirit are unique skills and abilities given by the Holy Spirit to faithful followers of Christ to serve God for the common benefit of His people, the church. Let me translate. 
It's God's power through you serving others. Amen. Now, these gifts are mentioned in three specific areas, and we're not going to dive deep into that today, but they're pretty easy to remember. God makes it easy on me. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. You see a theme here, right? Ephesians 4. That's where I want you guys to spend some time. Go read, right? Go spend time there. Pray. You all have a gift that we need. And we need you to find out what that gift is and then use it. Why? What's it say right here? For the common benefit of his people, the church. You have a gift that no one else has and that no one else can use the way you can use it in your situation. For the people that you know, where you work, you guys know people I don't know. I know people you don't know. I use my gifts in that situation. You guys need to use your gifts in that situation. Amen? If we want revival to happen, and I heard you guys say it, we need to move past the carnal and into the Holy Spirit, into spiritual things. Amen? Amen. So let's talk about these three groupings. Now, when it comes to spiritual gifts, and they're mentioned here, uh, I like that there's more than one area because we never want to base a doctrine on one word in the Bible, right? One verse in the Bible, or even one chapter. So in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established, right? And so when we look at these, and we're going to look at more, more things next week, I appreciate the fact that we look at the full counsel of God. Amen? Because when you try to build doctrine on one word, one verse, one chapter, you end up with her heretical heretics within the church, and you end up with cults outside the church. Amen? So let's talk about the book, like 1 Corinthians. Let's just talk about 1 Corinthians. It was a letter written to a church. All the verses and chapters, which I certainly appreciate, because if I just read a verse and figured you'd figure it out sooner or later, right? You'll find it someday, right? It's just nice to have 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. I can tell you to go right there. But remember, when it was written, it was one letter. And so what we get to see is people's lives happening, questions being answered, things going on in the city of Corinth, Paul answering questions, Paul talking about his ministry, right? It's a letter. Now, I don't know how many of you still write letters. Anybody still write letters in here? Wow, I thought at least the wise group would raise their hand. Uh, so letters, let's talk about letters. The letters that we, the, le the letters that Paul wrote talk about his experience in ministry, the things that are happening, what's happening with God. So um, my grandmother and I were pen pals when I was very young, 8, 9, 10, 12 years old, something like that. You guys, you know what a pen pal is, right? Okay, thank goodness. I thought I was going to have to go back even further. So we were pen pals, okay? And she would write very 
She had great handwriting, but I couldn't read it. Somebody had to translate it for me. And she was born in 1906. Okay? So when she wrote me letters in the mid-70s, she had already seen things like World War I, the Great Depression, the New Deal. My grandpa had passed away in the 40s. She had seen World War II, Korean War, Vietnam. She had, when she wrote letters, it was on a different level than when I was writing letters. My friends and I played outside. Did you see the Dodgers won today, right? That kind of stuff. When she wrote letters, it was based on personal experiences, and I could garner things from what she wrote and from what she said. Great woman of God. Went to the same church her whole life. I inherited so many great books from her, like a Bible that's from like eight, 1886 or something. I mean, I, in, I inherited so many great things for, uh, from her. And so when I would read her letters, and my parents would have to read them to me, I'm like, wow, that's amazing, all the things. No different with Paul's letters. When he's writing to the church, he's writing based on experiences that have happened, what, what the move of God is in different cities, because they may not, the city of Corinth may not know what's going on in Philippi or in Ephesus or any of the other towns that he's going on. So that's why I like to look at this whole thing. And when we look at, for example, 1 Corinthians, we have chapter 12. Chapter 12, because it's a letter, right? We put in the, the spaces. We, we look at it in its fullness. So chapter 12 talks about what? Chapter 12 talks about, of course, spiritual gifts, but it also talks about how the body is important. Each and every part of the body is important. The left hand, left hand, is just as important as the right hand, right? Though I'm the ear, I can't say to the eye. Though I'm the eye, I can't say to the ear. He's trying to tell the body in Corinth, you guys are all important. You may not all be the ear, but the eyes are important as well. You may not be the foot, but the hand is just as important. Do you see where I'm coming from? And then after he explains that to in Corinth, then the very next thing he talks about is, okay, let's talk about spiritual gifts. You're all different and you all have spiritual gifts. And you are all important. Make sense? And then everybody know what chapter 13 is? Who's learned in the house? What's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You ever been to a wedding? The love chapter, right? Do you know when he wrote it? It wasn't for a wedding, right? I've used it in many weddings, but it wasn't originally for a wedding. He was trying to tell the body, okay, you're all important, whether you're this part or this part. You all have different gifts that you do. And most of all, you need to love each other. So love is patient. Love is kind. Love is long-suffering. Love does not seek its own, right? So that's chapter 13. And then chapter 14, he talks more about spiritual gifts. But he talks so much about love. Love, love, love. So I, when you're reading 1 Corinthians 12, read 12, read 13, read 14. Read the whole book. you got time. What are you going to do, watch Friends again? Uh, anyway, but before we dive more into the gifts, right, I want to give you some basic information about the gifts, okay? There's a diversity of gifts, and they're all important, and yet all of us don't have the same gifts. No different than he talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You all will have different gifts. Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness we all don't have the same gift, right? Exactly. We all have different gifts, which is important because we all have different things that we need to do, right? And, and it's important that you 
I can't say this enough. It's important that you use your gift. Because if you don't use your gift, I'm missing out on something. If I don't use my gift, you're missing out on something. It all works together like a cool little that I was never good at Rubik's Cube. Do you know when you pull them apart, you can never make them work again? I didn't know that. I pulled my own apart. It's like a Rubik's Cube. Each little square is one of you with your own little gift that you're moving together and we're all become one in Christ. Hey, that's in 1 Corinthians. We all become one in Christ. Amen? All right, so let's talk about what spiritual gifts are not. Spiritual gifts are not natural aptitudes, strengths, or abilities. Why? Because we all can go to school and learn certain things, right? Sometimes we have natural abilities. You know, some people are just born with things, right? They just, they're just good at things, right? Some things you can learn, right? It says we all have some natural abilities that we've learned from those around us regarding, regardless of Christian faith. My dad was a, was a mechanic in the military, so he taught me some basic mechanic things. Now, I'm not a mechanic like some of these other guys that are tear apart stuff. I mean, you know, but I know enough to be dangerous. We'll just say that. It's not something that you can learn on YouTube, and everybody's learning something on YouTube, right? Uh, Jay, Jay, have you had anybody show up after they learned how to do body work on YouTube? Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Nothing like learning how to paint on YouTube, paint your car on YouTube, right? Uh, so what are some other things that we shouldn't learn from YouTube? Brain surgery, that's not a good place to, to learn it. Uh, learning to fly, probably YouTube probably is, isn't where you should go, right? But people have natural abilities. We're not talking about natural abilities because we already read what happens when you try to do things in the natural, Right? Bad things happen. So these are not natural abilities, aptitudes, strengths. They're, they're not that. They are God involved in our life. Amen? They're not character traits. We're all called to have character, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, et cetera, et cetera, right? Uh, and, and our gifts should produce the nature of Jesus Christ in each person. So we should have some character. Right? But these are not character traits. They're God's power working in our life. Make sense? Okay. Number three. They're not titles or positions. Right? Spiritual gifts often lead to titles or positions. But a person may have a gift without the role and the role without the gift. Regardless of titles or positions, we should serve whenever we are given and wherever we are given the opportunity. Amen? So, for example, and this is from many, many years ago. I prophesied once. It was a miracle of God. Okay? Even Pastor Derek was amazed. That does not make me a prophet. Make sense? Because I did it once. So sometimes you might have a certain role, and that doesn't mean that you have a title. And sometimes you may have a title, and maybe you don't necessarily have that role, but God can increase that in your life. Make sense? We all have a gift, and we all have to use our gifts. Amen? We all have to use our gifts. This is my last point. 
Yes, I'm going to get you guys out early today. These gifts are not for show. When we try to use them for show, it gives the church a bad name. Amen. I don't know if you've had an experience like that, and I apologize if you have. I can't go back and fix it, but I can fix us. Amen. It's not for show. Spiritual gifts are endowments given by God for his people for accomplishing his purpose on the earth. So my business card doesn't say Warren C. Beatty, profit. Here's my card, right? It's not what it's about. It's not about show. It's about God using his people to further his kingdom, period, end of sentence. That's it. That's all. Amen? And let me tell you something. You may have the gift of XYZ for many years, and then God's like, hey, I need you to do something different. So now you're going to have the gift of LMNOP, right? I don't know. My grandson is learning the alphabet, and he just thinks it's all one big letter. Um, And so don't be frustrated if for years you can bring a word, and it's strong, and everybody knows it's God, and you're prophesying, or you're doing whatever you're doing, and then that gift kind of leaves. Maybe you get something different and better. Amen? Because for right now, Pastor Derek and I have talked about this many times, because he he likes to quiz me on things. He's like, you know, what's the important gift? And I'm like, okay, gift gift of this. And he goes, the gift that's being used right now, because that's what God knows you need right now. For example, the gift of faith, I mean, gift of faith is amazing. But maybe right now, I need a healing. So the gift of faith is great. Believe for, with me for healing. Make sense? So every gift is important. Some gifts are more important at a certain time than at other times. Amen? And you may have one gift. And I'm reading a book from the, from the 80s about gifts. I'm like, okay, well, I've seen that a lot in the church now. Maybe, maybe God's moving things in a little different direction. I don't know. But we have to be open to it. Amen? Because the gifts are his. He gives them out as he desires, not as I desire. He uses them as he desires for his desire. Am I making myself crystal clear? Amen? So use your gifts. Pray about what gifts God has given you, right? Be prepared. You may show up one Sunday and it's you, right? I don't know. But if we want revival, and I heard you say that, we have to be open to what God is doing at this moment. Not what he did 30 years ago, 50 years ago, or even last week. What is God doing right here, right now? Amen? God's spiritual gifts are given for the glory of God. That's it. It's not for your glory. It's for his glory. Amen? Why don't we stand? Heavenly Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending him to lead us, to comfort us, to guide us. To let us understand all truth. Let us never try to work it, work your kingdom with our flesh, carnally. But let us fully realize 
that our gifts are spiritual and powerful to the pulling down of strongholds and everything that exalts itself above you. Thank you for the desire for spiritual gifts in each and every person and in this church as we move into a deeper realm in you, in your love, in your compassion, in your caring, in our reaching out to a, to a dying and a hurting world. Thank you for loving us enough, caring for us enough, even when we were unloving. You cared for us. You sent your son to die on the cross for us. That power of the resurrection lives inside of us, and it will help us to move your kingdom forward as you would desire with your plans, with your purposes, and with your pursuits, not us. Our plans, our purposes, and our pursuits will always come to naught. Our kingdoms will fail. Our kingdoms will end. Your kingdom is forever and ever. Amen. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen. Have a blessed rest of your Sunday afternoon.